0: My name is Ramon Perez, artist on the all-new Hawkeye, and you're listening to Adrian Has Issues.
1: Hey, what's going on? You're listening to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian. Wow, time flies. It's hard to believe that it was only a week ago that I was at Special Edition NYC. Uh, For those of you who may not know, Special Edition NYC is a comic book convention run by the guys who run New York Comic Con. But instead of the pop culture celebrity-filled event that New York Comic Con, is, Special Edition NYC. Though you wouldn't know from its name, it's actually very comic book-centric. And I've talked about it a few times on the show before, but it's it's a really good time. You get comic book creators from major publishers to indies and even like a lot of startup guys. Some even running their own kickstarters. It's a really good time, and this has been the second year of special edition in YC. The first year was run in Jacob Javits Center around this time, but where Artist Alley is in Jacob Javits Center, that was basically the entire show floor. They used a couple of the panel rooms, but some of the panels were on the complete opposite end of the Javits, which made it a little difficult to navigate. But this year, it was actually in Pier 94 in New York by the waterfront. And while this one didn't have the most aesthetically pleasing surroundings, it was kind of like a warehouse setting. This was a lot of fun because the area, they served the area well. There's a lot of space for your typical vendors. Artist Alley was kind of ducked behind it, so that was a little weird. And the panels were kind of just partitioned. uh, But they did do a really good job of keeping speakers up. So that way, even if you were in the back, you could still follow along. And I had an absolute blast. Met a lot of great people. And hopefully those people will be guests on the show. First and foremost, huge, massive amounts of praise go out to my girlfriend, Eileen. Babe, thank you so much for helping me organize this whole thing. It's been pretty hectic as far as planning, like a whole convention. Uh, it's always kind of fun to have someone literally sitting down and saying, hey, guess what? This stuff works. This, this stuff doesn't work, and hey, maybe you should pursue this. And it's, you know, it, it's, she. It, there's a reason why I call her my creative director, because to tell you the truth, I wouldn't have gotten this far without her, so babe, Eileen, thank you so much for just organizing stuff and for getting things together, and also for putting up with me when um, I I start to get a little scatterbrained, which is quite often. I love you, and I I just didn't want to let another moment go by without telling you, just, and pretty much at this point telling everybody, how much you mean to me, and for taking this weird podcast. I almost said podtastic. Is that bad that I almost said podtastic? You know what? I'm going to commit to it. Thank you so much for taking this podtastic journey with me. I love you so very much. One of the other great highlights of Special Edition NYC. Hip-hop legend himself, Darryl McDaniels, DMC. He has a comic book out, matter of fact, and... His music, well, as part of Ren DMC, I, I, you know what? I, I can go on a gush about how influential that group is, and my parents are big fans. It was really great to actually get a chance to meet him, and it's, it's so cool to see someone who you admire. You know, he's got his own comic book out, which I will hopefully be reviewing soon. That was a great time. I also got to reconnect with some people who I have spoken to before at last year's Special Edition who have also been on the show, much like Erica Schultz, the writer of books like M3 and The Unauthorized Biography of Winston Churchill, and Victor Dandridge Jr., the editor-in-chief and creator of Vantage In-House Productions. He was great and it was really fun hanging out with him, eating gummy bears and whatnot. There was just a lot of great people that I've met, and it was very reaffirming. The one thing about conventions is, at least as far as an attendee, it, it, it's so inspiring to be surrounded by so many great creators, whether they're artists, or writers, or even if they're marketing people. It was just this great environment where you couldn't help but just feel energized by the whole thing. And I hope next year's special edition is even better. I I hope they keep doing it. And to tell you the truth, I actually had more fun here than I did at New York Comic-Con I would say, in the last two years, so that was definitely something to look forward to. But, before I uh, continue gushing about that, today's episode is comprised of two interviews I did. The first interview you will hear is me talking to James Emmett, the writer, artist, and creator of a book called The Committee from Wayward Raven Media, and that book it was it's, it was really fun talking to James. James is a great guy. We talk about his experiences in you know getting the comic made. We talk about the characters and we we also get into a little bit of advice for up and coming creators. And the second interview is Matt Herring who is the co-host of the Secret Identity podcast. And he's also a freelance writer and this one was a lot of fun too. We get talking about Matt sort of pop culture contrarianism. Uh, I'm not even going to spoil it. I'm going to let you uh, figure out what that means. We talked a little bit about Adam West and our mutual love of one of the less popular James Bond films. These were great interviews, and once you listen to them, you'll also get a chance to check them out. So, James Emmett, The Committee, Matt Herring Secret Identity Podcast, you'll be hearing those in a minute. But, before I go, I also want to let you guys know where you can hear more of us. You can check me out, on adrianhasissues.com I'm on Twitter at adrianhasissues I'm on Instagram at adrianhasissuespod I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com slash adrianhasissues iTunes, Stitcher check me out there each week, trying to get new content in, and especially after a special edition. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up. If you also want to drop us a line, let us know what you think of the show. We also have an email, which is adrianhasissues at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think of the show. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, if they're fun, maybe you'll actually read them on a future mini-sode. So without further ado... Here's the interviews, and we will see you next issue. Hey, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian, and I'm here talking to James Emmett, the writer, artist, creator of the awesome comic book, The Committee.
2: James, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm great. And also, this is great, though. Special edition NYC. This is fantastic. It's amazing. It's my first time, actually. Oh, yeah, Yeah, it's super exciting. I'm awesome.
1: So let's get right into it. The Committee, what is this about? Because I saw the cover at the booth, and it looks amazing. But the one thing is, though... I was going to talk to the other guys from Wayward Raven about it. I'd rather have the guy who made the book tell me everything about it, so. Darn tootin'.
2: (laughs) Um, The committee is about a clock that counts down to the end of the world and these group of people who have to try and prevent it from happening and find out what's going to cause it. And there's demons and magic and an alien and a lot of mystery and mayhem and a race against time. So it's really, really exciting.
1: So how did this all get started?
2: Uh, Well, basically, I actually met Wayward Raven about two years ago at New York Comic-Con. I was going around showing off my portfolio, trying to get work, you know, as you do in the industry. (laughs) Um, And they were really great. And I was like, oh, you know, these are are some sample works that I've been doing. And I was really just looking to do penciling and drawing, and that was it. And they were like, well, we're looking to do some creator-owned books. And I was like, okay. So I sent them Two ideas that I had that were kind of floating around, free-floating free in my head for a <laughs> while, and um, not too formulated, but I um, kind of put together a good package I thought for both stories and kind of tried to flesh them out a bit more. Right. And so I sent them, and they wanted to do the committee, and that was basically how it happened. And I, um, I sent them the first draft of the script, and they had some feedback and some notes, which is always the best. I like getting all that stuff, and then. Started sending them character designs and sketches and drawings and it was full speed ahead. It was awesome.
1: That's very cool. Now, the one thing I always love talking to like other creators cuz it's not easy. Basically no. coming <laughs> to a point where it's like, you know what? I'm going to create this comic, whether I'm going to write it or draw it or just come to the concept and put it out there. Cuz I'm sure a lot of people have the idea, but it's a massive undertaking. So, at what point in your in James is you like <laughs> At what point did you say to yourself, you know what, I wanted to get into creating comic books? Well,
2: I I, I feel like it came I came out of the womb having to do this because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Um, my dad is an illustrator, and my mom and dad both read comic books while growing up, um, and it just was like, you know, in my blood almost. My da- my dad was a big Barry Windsor Smith. Uh, Will Eisner spirit so I got into that stuff all like very young and my mom on the other hand was a big Archie comics fan so I was kind of like getting comic and comedian and funniness and weird horror and just a big old mix and kind of combine all of that into my own story. So. It's kind of funny though, because
1: like <laughs> starting out my dad is like big into Black Panther and like Silver Surfer. And nice. it's funny, Archie, like I hate to say it, but Archie might be one of my favorite series. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is really great. I mean, I. it's funny how they can recreate basically the same story, for the last 70 years. I mean, it's really successful and it's kind of insane. It's kind of insane.
1: (laughs) As far as the committee goes, is this gonna be a ongoing series? Is this a mini series? Or how far do you plan on taking this?
2: Um, Well, the first arc of the story um, is six issues, six to seven, that's the plan. Um, But I definitely love the characters and I would love to keep progressing and I have more ideas and more stories and more adventures, and I think that's kind of normal for every, you know, every creator is sort of like, well, I have more I could do, but, um, so that's sort of the hope, I think, is like, see where it's gonna go.
1: Let's get into some of the characters of the committee. All right, we need names. So, Absolutely. who's a part of this exact group?
2: Okay, so our main character, is name is Anastasia, and she's sort of, she's a magician in training. She's discovering her own power. She's being trained by a mentor named Terrence, who's this great, older, wiser, Funny, wisecracking pop culture guy, and he's just a blast to write for. And and then the main leader of the group, his name is um, Skiles or Miles Skyler. and he guards this the clock itself that counts down to the end of the world. So he sort of gathers this group and has to try to figure out what's going to cause the end of the world. The military tactician of the group, his name is August, and he's... That's an awesome name. Thank you, I love that name. You know what though? You see, military
1: (laughs) tactician, they're always like these very hardcore military names, like very gruff, but it's like it's August. I'm like, that's so
2: badass. (laughs) He's pretty badass. I really like him a lot, and he's an ex-military guy, and the reasons for him being an ex-military guy will come about in the story, and so I don't want to spoil too much about it. No, absolutely not. There's an alien who's part of the group and her name is Marieve, and she's a hard-edged kind of gal but she's really, you know, a heart of gold inside. (laughs) 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 But she's really, and she's really my favorite character to draw because she's just like stark white and has these blue eyes with black irises and blonde hair. Like she's just like really just like, what is going on? There's a lot happening. And it's blast to draw, of course. That is awesome. <laughs>
1: so in terms of conceptualizing the story, where do you draw your inspiration from? Are there other comic books you've been reading or maybe other stories? Or is this one of those things that you just woke up and been like, you know what? I have this idea. I don't even know where the hell it came from. I just needed to get it down on
2: paper. I think it's always a little bit of column A and a little column B. I think um, good artists steal. And I try to be a good artist. I try to be a great artist. but um. Aspirations. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's an ever-evolving process. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the goal, that's the dream, is that I won't stagnate. I'll keep growing, keep changing, and keep becoming better, as opposed to worse. (laughs) Being
1: someone who writes and draws, pretty much just building from the ground up on your own. So, what are the challenges doing all that, or do you not sleep?
2: Uh, I don't sleep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I haven't slept. I feel like I haven't slept since college, which is about um, ten years ago. So. Uh, lots of coffee. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I hit up my like, two energy drinks before I showed it's, up today. It was it, horrible. Yeah, I'm up to my I'm up to my fourth cup today. Um, got about four hours of sleep last night, so it's been interesting. It's been a good. Um, it's been really good. I love conventions, though. I think that you know, like getting that feedback, that initial feedback, and I mean, yeah, it's art, so it's sort of a passion. Like it just and drives the you. And that's
1: though. Like, yeah, it is tough, but that's why I love shows like this that are very intimate and people who are just passionate about what they do absolutely and this is great I mean my favorite thing
2: yeah I mean just coming to this convention and walking down artist alley and seeing all these other great artists I mean it almost makes you sad because you're comparing yourself to them and there's no way to sort of avoid that but it's also very inspirational because they're so right. incredible like they're so impressive you're like I'm gonna go home and draw and I'm going to get better <laughs> <laughs> And that's a great attitude to have because it's, I can only imagine how intimidating that must be it is I went to New York comic years ago with my portfolio and got shredded which is fine and great and that's what should happen and then you go again and they start you start seeing improvement in your own work and you start getting some positive feedback which is kind of amazing like from people that you totally admire and look up to
1: so basically what you're saying is in order to succeed you kind of have to get shut down a lot yes (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. way more than you ever want to and yeah that's basically the way it is
1: I guess that's probably one of those steps because my next question was going to be I guess if anyone else who has a, a concept or maybe a story you know what advice would you give them as far as you know coming up other than be prepared for rejection
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah be prepared for rejection but also make your own luck and make because there's so many opportunities now I feel like going online and doing a webcomic, that's how I started. I started doing just a webcomic with this guy in L.A. And I I was fortunate enough to actually be getting money from it, which is crazy. Um, (laughs) Because that doesn't happen a lot when you're starting off at (laughs) all. Um, So I was very fortunate in that way. And we're actually going to be working on another project together and stuff. So I've been very fortunate in my career so far. Very cool. I mean... You know, I mean, more pe- other people have been luckier, but I've been very happy and I count my blessings. So Very
1: cool. So after this story, what's next? Like, do you have, or are you just going to keep going with the committee or do you have other ideas of things you want to get out there?
2: Um, I definitely have other ideas that I would love to get out there, but I'm definitely sticking with the committee. I'm sticking with Wayward Raven, who are great and very supportive. And they are I, fantastic guys. They are. They're really awesome. And I sent them the second script and we're going to get some feedback on that. And hopefully that'll be out next year like that's my Fantastic. goal <laughs> and hopefully we'll
1: be at another convention talking about that then
2: I hope so definitely it's no definitely because
1: awesome. you know what though that's great and as always and anytime you want to come back on the show you're oh, more than welcome oh thank you
2: I and mean, I would love to absolutely
1: <laughs> before we go though because I'm all about plugging where can the people find your work where can they find you online
2: uh, well I mean I'm really bad at the, the social media thing. I'm working on it but I am I have a twitter if they want to check me out it's James B as in boy Emmett E-M-M-E-T-T and I'm also, I have a website, com.
1: Perfect. James, has been an absolute blast. Uh, so you, you all so heard it. Wayward Raven, the committee, James Emmett. Google all those, get it, wherever the hell you can get it. <laughs> Buy it. Support Cut your artist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to be like, well, if you want to. It's like, no, just go out and get it. Uh, support art, all right? So James, has been a blast. And that'll do it for Adrian Has Issues. And we will see you next issue. Hello and welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian, I'm here at Special Edition NYC 2015. The Comic-Con that's actually about comics. And well, I should also throw in another disclaimer because they're probably going to hear that and like, you know, kick my ass afterwards. But I'm here with husband, father, writer, fellow podcaster, Matt, Matt Man Herring, which, by the way, Matt Herring is an awesome name. It's it's the, it's the one they gave me at the hospital, so I got stuck with it.
0: <laughs> but it's just, you know what it is? It's a really literary name. Does anyone just call you a Red? No, you know, it's funny because as a kid, I always grew up not liking my name. I never thought it flowed. And then uh, there was a TV series in the 70s or 80s, Matt Houston. Okay. And afterwards, I'm like, you know what? Maybe it can kind of work a little bit. So I've gotten used to it, but the Matt Man nickname has been my nickname since I was eight years old. I was reading comics in class. All right. Teacher called me on it. Ripped the cl- comic book right in front of me, Sergeant Rock, three twenty. What? Uh, Fifth okay. grade, nineteen seventy-eight.
1: What? Okay. First off, I hope this teacher was immediately fired. You don't just oh, tear, no,
0: you, you don't tear up Sergeant Rock. This was 1978, 79. You could do whatever you wanted. Oh, My wife's man. a teacher. She wishes she could get away with the stuff they did back then. Right. Um, yeah. He, he asked, "said Is this worth anything?" I said, "I just bought it at Dairy Mart on the way to school," and he ripped it up right in front of me. And I tried walking away as cool as I could, but my eye was twitching a mile a minute, the tears were starting, but uh, somehow I got through it, and friends of mine still remember that. We talk about it all the time. So
1: in other words, it's kind of your origin story, like that's your your Batman moment. So in other words, your parents weren't killed in Crime Alley. No, thank God. No, (laughs) thankfully that did not happen. So while you didn't become a Kate Crusader, you didn't realize after, was this the moment you decided, you know what, never
0: again will my comic books be torn by teachers? It was interesting, but from that point on, I never hid anything about my comic books. When I, I mean, I was a jock in high school. I would take trips for, uh, for, like, a hockey trip, and I'd be loading up with comic books and reading comic books on the, on the bus, and I'm a, junior, a sophomore, junior, senior in high school. So I never hid it after, after that moment. I mean, yes, I had to hide it because I was in class and shouldn't have had it. Right. I was wrong. I will say that. I was no, wrong. See,
1: the thing is, though, I'm one of those people that, yes, you may be, in the teacher's eyes, yeah. you were wrong. But as someone who's read tons of comic books or magazines, and my, you know, did in my books, yeah. or the, the classic was, I was big into music had like lyrics printed out, and it's like metal bands, so of course the, the subject matters a little. And, well, I went to Catholic school, so of course that's another big thing. Teacher clearly looked like I noticed I wasn't paying attention to my stuff. She takes the papers and goes back to her lesson. I'm like, all right, well, I don't have those. Next next day, next day I'm in the guidance counselor, she's like, is everything all right at home? It's like, yeah, so she pulls out the paper, she's like,
0: oh. No, that's Iron Maiden, I don't feel like that. That's Black Sabbath, I don't feel like that. So it just goes from there. So I I feel your pain. Yeah, and and it was, was, you know, I always think about the fact that I'm 25 years sober. And when I was drinking at my worst, the only time I didn't drink was on Wednesdays because it was New Comic Book Day. (laughs) So, I mean, to say that comic books have been ingrained in my life is such an understatement. It is... It's my lifeblood. I mean, everything I am is comic books.
1: Absolutely. That is awesome. Which, by the way, I I love the TARDIS hockey
0: jersey. I know. Nobody gets to see it because this is an audio thing. But I have a jersey from geekyjerseys.com. And it's the TARDIS. Well, tell you what. What I'm going to do is, and I love how I'm going to
1: say this only because I'm going to be like a golden age comic book and yep. narrate what I'm doing. I'm going to take <laughs> a go. picture of this as I'm talking to you. Yes. So there you go. Here's and, the picture. Oh, that was terrible. No, it was a great shot, but you look blurry. Okay. You look like Quicksilver. Let's try that one again. Perfect. All right. There you go. See, this is what we do on the podcast. We're going to take pictures.
0: This is, this is how you do it nowadays. So...
1: Now that we know your
0: origin story, what comes next? Was it the writing or the podcast? Actually, the podcasting started, Secret Identity started 10 years ago. And we started doing a show, my par- my partner Brian Latendry and I, because our wives gave us Friday nights. They said, you know what? Battlestar Galactica, you guys like that? Just get together and watch Battlestar Galactica Friday nights. Season ended, we didn't want to give Friday nights back. <laughs> so we, Nor should you. So Brian came up with the idea about doing a podcast. And if you think about the timeline 10 years ago, There were no, there was no podcast and then all of a sudden there was a billion of them. Right. And then now 10 years later, all the shows that we started with are all long gone. And that's kind of shocking and even like let's say a lot of like convention
1: circuits I've done, a lot of those shows I don't see around. Yeah. And I was telling somebody else yesterday that it sounds easy to have like, you know, one, two people, however many people on a show talking, but to keep
0: up with it for 10 years is nothing to sneeze at. And we have not missed a week. We do two shows a week. We have not missed a week in 10 years of new content. We, we may have recorded something earlier, or we may do a, okay, we got a bunch of interviews and we'll, we'll kind of do like a best of. Right. But there's always something new every week. That is amazing. Yeah. Who are some of the people you've had on? Our list, if you go to our website at secretidentitypodcast.com, we have interviewed, if we've had 600 shows, we probably have interviewed 500 people over. And the, the list of people, I mean, we go from comic books uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, since they're the hot guys right now. Absolutely. Today at that this show, I inter- I interviewed uh, Charles Sewell, Greg Pak, um, um, Ryan Braun, or not Ryan Braun, that's a baseball player. Russ Russ Braun, um, <laughs> and then uh, just I mean Todd McFarlane, you name it in comics, they've been on our show, and it's really cool that like Joe Kelly, um, who Joe Kelly co-created Ben 10. Joe Kelly was is one of the best writers out there. He is like he came to the table and just was hanging out with Brian and I. That is so cool. Um, and we love this guy to death. And and so we have interviewed so many great people now as far as like um, Brian interviews a lot of gamers, a lot of you know people in game development. I have also been able to interview George Lazenby, who is my favorite James Bond of all time. And I'm going to stop you right there because this is actually how this all
1: got started. Yes. I don't even know how the conversation we were just having You, had, checking, a you yeah. had a shirt. Yeah, oh, had shirt. That's right, the James Bond shirt I was wearing. With. I'll just say no, it's checking you out. It must have been checking you out. That's okay. You know what, though? That shirt, it was a gift from um, my friend, so shout out to uh, Shay and Will. It was one of those Loot Crate things, and I'm like, the shirt was amazing. I need to wear this for the con. Yeah. So you spotted out. So we start talking Bond, and then you dropped the bomb, which I want to
0: hear it come out of your mouth. Yeah, George Lazenby is my favorite James Bond. Under Majesty's Secret Service is tied with The Empire Strikes Back as my favorite movie of all time. Hear that, folks? Hater's gonna
1: hate, <laughs> but that movie and we had a great conversation, almost ten minutes talking about how incredible
0: that movie is. And and how much I love Jar Jar Binks and how much I love the Phantom Menace. And see that one right now, like <laughs> I feel like if we were on like a loudspeaker, oh. at this place probably would shut down. I didn't. I was at a show, a small show in Connecticut, did an interview, and the interview was going. Like everybody came over to hear the interview. Okay. And all of a sudden, you could hear a pin drop when I said I love Jar Jar Binks. It was like the whole place went quiet, waiting for the joke afterwards. I'm like. No, Phantom Menace is my third favorite Star Wars movie. I just watched it last week. I love that movie. I have always been the guy that kind of picks the things that not everybody else likes. Okay, so you are a contrarian by nature. Huge. I have to shake your hand. We're just going to do it right now. There we go. Congratulations.
1: Now, Star Wars is a tough one because I tried to defend that movie recently. It's tough. Yep. So, okay, let's run down some other movies that you were a fan of. Oh. That...
0: Are you ready for this one? Yeah, let's drop Xanadu. Them. Oof, that's a tough one. Love, love, love Xanadu. But granted, generationally speaking, Olivia Newton-John, I mean, come on. She was the weakest part in that movie. I love Xanadu. Now, if we go back to the 1970s, this is the one that I always get the weird looks from. I'm a huge fan of Billy Dee Williams, Empire Strikes Back, Colt 45 malt liquor commercials. He made a movie with Diana Ross in the 70s. Mahogany. Oh,
1: Mahogany. I love
0: Mahogany. One of my favorite movies of all time. I am not ashamed to be... Probably the only white guy to ever but admit that.
1: Again, it's Billy D. Williams. You can't go wrong there. Yeah.
0: And I, I mean, I can go up and down the list of movies that I end up having to watch by myself. <laughs> we went, uh, we had a bunch of us that got together for this show. We stayed over to my parents' house. And they're like, you did not bring any DVDs, did you? I go, oh yeah, I absolutely <laughs> did. I brought um, Streets of Fire, and I brought The Warriors. Now, The Warriors is a classic. Oh, come on, that movie is amazing. But I wanted everybody to watch Streets of Fire. We ended up falling asleep before it started anyway. <laughs> but I'm like that with music. Um, I'm a huge Kiss fan, and my favorite Kiss album is Unmasked. Um, Unmasked was the last one they did with the classic lineup. Okay. Um, Peter Criss was, was already out of the band by them, but they still put him on the credits. It's an album that has like Shandy, um, is That You, all the songs that nobody likes. Torpedo Girl, but I love that album. And it to me it's everything I love is mostly because it captures a moment. Right. The first the first Bond movie I ever watched with my dad was on Her Majesty's Secret, Secret Service. Service. Um first the first movie I ever went completely gaga over. I mean, Star Wars was it, but when I was old enough to know what I was doing, Empire Strikes Back, I mean, I have such memories of I'm going so all
1: the time. Anybody. I'm so upset about anybody who went to go see that, like, you know, the, the first night. I mean, yeah, everyone oh. talks about, you know, A New Hope, it's 1977, but Empire Strikes Back is just a completely different
0: plane of existence. Yep, and and back in those days, I had to wait, I had to wait till the weekend. for. I think it opened on a Thursday or Friday, probably a Friday, but, um, I had to wait till Sunday to go see it because everything was sold out and it was the only day that we could go after church to go wait in line for th- six hours to wait for two showings to go see it, my dad and I. But I, I think like, and you know, with TV shows, I mean, I love the TV shows that nobody else seems to like. And I can't think of anything offhand that really would like resonate. But it's it's all period and it's all memories for me. I mean, I, I grew up with, the, I had the greatest childhood. I have, I have such awesome memories of everything I ever did. And usually there's a soundtrack to it somewhere, or there's something right. there. And that's kind of the thing
1: where I guess now we're at this point where a lot of that stuff that we loved as kids, maybe for my generation, or let's say, you know, even my parents, there was a time where people didn't talk about it or didn't really want it. But now it's come back full circle, where of course now Adam West, who maybe a couple of years ago probably wouldn't have cared so much, but he's hitting circus left and
0: right. So. Yes. He's, uh, he, I think he's been doing more books on, or more shows than I have. I mean, every show I seem to do other than this one, he's at. And I've never even met him. I, I see him, you know, you hear the stories, but people still just seem to love to go see the guy. My
1: favorite Adam West performer is not even Batman. I don't know if you ever saw Mystery Science Theater 3000, um, what was the movie, Zombie Nightmare? Oh yeah. His dialogue in this movie is just abysmal, but it's yep. one of my favorites and he's just such a, an absolute blast in that movie.
0: He's a lot like, um, you know, when you we think of William Shatner. He's the same way where William Shatner was a very good actor in some of the, like the old Twilight Zone episodes, but when he became Captain Kirk, that was what his acting became. You know, right. let's do over the top, and that's what he is. Same with, um, you know, with uh, with Batman, with Adam West. You knew that he had to camp it up, he just never stopped. <laughs> Matt, it
1: has been an absolute blast chatting with you.
0: Awesome talking to you. I'd love to have you on. I don't know if you need any guests. I mean,
1: I'm not Scott Snyder or Greg Capullo, but I could totally just ramble on and on for nothing.
0: <laughs> well, you know what we'll do? We will, finish this one, I'll run over to my table, I'll get my hand mic, and then we'll do an interview right over here. We can do that. All right. Cool. All right. Well, before we go, tell the good people where they can find you. You can come to my house. I live in Springfield, Mass. If you don't want to come to my house, uh, secretidentitypodcast.com is for the podcast. My website for my writing is Matt Can't Spell, because I can't. I am a horrible speller. Kids, if you're a bad speller, does not mean you can't be a writer. <laughs>
1: That is awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for having me. And that'll do it for me. (laughs) This is Adrian, and I will see you next issue.